So today, the question that I have for you is, what type of life do you want to create for yourself? Do you want to create your own story, your own career, or are you comfortable letting life take you wherever it may be? These are two opposite forces inside each one of us. Think of them as two levers. We all have them and they are set from birth at different levels and other factors as we grow start affecting those levers and influencing those levers. Let's say adding more oil so that it's easier for you to maneuver one of them or rusting up the other one, okay? Now, Tell me this, do you think of yourself as a productive person? Are you a person that can deal with change in your career, in your professional life, in your life overall? Do you have the will to pursue your career goals? If these questions are of interest to you and you want to dig deeper, then you're going to enjoy this episode. Keep listening and let's go. Renata Bernardi, and this is the Job Hunting Podcast, where I interview experts and professionals and discuss issues that are important for job hunters and those who are working to advance their careers. So make sure that you subscribe and follow, and let's dive right in. Ultimately, this chat is about what type of life you want to create for yourself, I want to create for myself. It's more than a career chat. It's more than a job hunting chat as well. It's a chat about, it's hard for me to keep talking about job hunting in isolation because the drivers behind it are so important for me in understanding my clients as a coach, as a career coach. So different clients will come to me with different career drivers, different needs and wants and passions. And I can usually differentiate between these two forces inside of us. So these two forces inside of us, one will pull you to be more reflexive automatically accepting your fate. We hear this all the time in recruitment and selection and as job candidates and as coaches, oh, it wasn't to be. It was not supposed to be, right? We hear that so much, that fate, you know, it's probably for the best. If it didn't happen, it wasn't supposed to happen. This is the this reflective accepting your fate force that you have inside of you. The other one pushes you forward towards freedom, towards choice, towards taking risks, and makes you a little bit angry if you don't get the job, <laughs> right? You know, how come, you know, this isn't right? You know, I was the best candidate. I can't understand why I didn't get interviewed or I didn't get the position. And I also see that happening when I work with clients, right? And it can be that the same person will sometimes accept their fate and other times will be a bit more angry and upset about their fate. And there are what I see mostly is individuals that have a tendency to always be more accepting and others that have a tendency to always be more angry. And I say anger here 
with caution because I don't want you to feel like this is the negative way of being. It's not. I want people to have that force inside them, that, you know, force that takes them forward, that wants them to do better. If you use it for good, and this is what we're going to talk about here today, if you use it for good, it can actually be very helpful for your career. So we're going to talk about these two forces, but I want to know, do you agree? Which one resonates more with you? You know, can you think about situations and examples in the past where you've used one force and not the other, which person, you know, of these sort of two yin-yang kind of personalities, which one do you feel you fit more towards? So I will tell you that I'm more of the force that pushes you forward towards freedom and choice and risks. And I have friends and I have family members that feel like they are more of the reflexive, automatically accepting their fates kind of people. And we've had that discussion before, and it's the sort of chat that I like to, to have with people. <laughs> so I would love to know what you think. And if you're following me on social media, send me a, a private message or comment in one of my posts. And I'd love to hear from you about this. If you subscribe to the newsletter, you can always reply back. I'm still small enough that I, I get your emails and, and read them when they come. So thank you for sending feedback to me because that really helps a lot. And these forces are about the choices we make. They really do influence choices we make and they influence motivation, right? So these forces, they drive you. Do you enjoy creating something new that doesn't exist or do you enjoy the pleasures and the comfort of what you have achieved? I'm kind of extrapolating here from the two forces, but I want to explain it a little bit further. So in psychology, we explain these two forces as the pleasure drive and the aggressive drive. This is kind of very old kind of concepts in psychology. They're very Freudian, and I know things have evolved, but they're still, you know, a classic <laughs> and it's still very valid, right? So the pleasure drive, the one that helps us meet our biological needs, it's an important drive to have, the drive to rest, to take a break, to enjoy life, to eat and absorb all the pleasures in your life. That is an important drive to have. The other one is the aggressive drive, and that's the one that helps us deal with danger, helps us take risks and evolve and grow in learning and developing and makes us want more for ourselves and others around us. These two drives are important drives. They're opposites of each other, but they coexist inside all of us. And it's important for you to kind of maybe from now on start thinking, what am I activating right now sitting here watching this Netflix series? <laughs> and what am I activating here trying really hard to advance my career, putting effort into it? What is driving me to do this, right? It's definitely not the pleasure drive, I don't think. <laughs> it's really about you know, you dealing with challenges and wanting more for you, understanding the risks that you're taking and advancing and developing and growing as a person and as a professional. So 
try to pay attention to those and see which ones you're tapping into, the pleasure drive or the aggressive drive. The other thing that I think is great as well is kind of understand when they are activated inside you in terms of your body clock and your weekly clock. I have year like an annual clock. It's much harder for me to work in winter than in summer. For some people, I know it's easier to work in winter than in summer, but for me, it's the opposite. I prefer to work in summer. I have tried to work in winter. It would make more sense <laughs> because it's cold outside. I don't really enjoy being out in the cold. But I, I'm very lethargic in winter, and I've kind of understood that now. I read this beautiful book called Wintering. Let me just write it down. I've spoken about it before, but I will put it in the episode show notes for you. And it made me understand and be okay with being this sort of polar bear personality where I just want to stop working in winter. I, I can't I can't complain in 2023. I'm recording this at the beginning of 2024. In 2023, I basically had no winter because I went to Europe during winter. I'm based in Melbourne. So I had summer and then you know January, February, March, May, it started getting cold. June I went to Europe and it was super hot and then after that after five weeks i went to brazil which is my home country you can tell i have an accent and i was there for four weeks and even though it's also winter in brazil in july august it's never really cold <laughs> so it was warm and i went for swims i went to the beach and all of that so i felt like really by the end of the year, I felt completely drained and really, really tired. And I think I did not give myself permission to do the wintering <laughs> that I need to do to, to recharge my battery. So it's, you know, this sort of endless summer, which so many people chase. I wonder if I can do it. I don't think I can because I'm so proactive and high energy during summer. I probably need a break. So understanding that pleasure drive and the aggressive drive when they happen to you during the day and giving yourself permission to tap into those drives and use them when they're easier to use. And other times, like for example, it would be very hard for me to work very early in the morning. I've wanted that for years, but I have my pleasure drive early in the morning. I need to meet my biological needs of going out, eating slowly, starting my day in a really, very sort of pleasurable way. I don't like this sort of stuff that I see online that I, I know suits a lot of people of jumping out of bed with an alarm clock at 5 a.m. I think it's Mel Robbins that does that a lot. <laughs> A lot of her videos, I find that excruciating. I couldn't do it. You know, my neighbor, who's a lovely person, we're becoming good friends. And she's like, let's go for a swim at 6 a.m. I'm like, Sarah, I'm sorry, I can't do that. It's just, <laughs> it's not in my body. I love to go for a swim, but can we do it a bit later in the day? I just need that pleasure in the beginning of the day. And then I become really aggressive and I can go on until late at night. About 8 p.m. I can still be. And that's when I slow down. So, you know, understanding what your body clock is. I know it's possible to change it, but at least identify how you are naturally and then try to change if, if you need to or if you want to. I want to share a few secrets with you in this episode. I've highlighted three secrets that I, I decided to share with you. And the first one is this. Usually my clients come to me using their aggressive drive. 
right? That makes total sense to you now, right? They feel irritated. They feel they need to do something about it. They are reaching out to me is the result of an irritation, a response to something they are experiencing within themselves, a dissatisfaction with where they are in their careers, or externally in how they have been treated by work or during the recruitment process, if they've done that without me. You know, it's not fair. I haven't been promoted. I haven't been given any chance or I've been doing this recruitment process and it's not working. I don't know why. So that aggressive response creates something into being. That's it's what I was saying before. I'm using the word aggressive here and angry, but I don't want you to be put off by it because it's a creative force. It's a productive drive and it pulls you out of that gravitational pull of pleasure. You know, that sort of, oh, but it's so comfortable here on my couch watching this series that never ends. <laughs> if you've been following my, my newsletter at this point in time, you know I'm watching The Wire. I know I'm like 20 years late, but I love it. And the episodes are like an hour long. It's like really, really long. And Oh, it's taking forever. <laughs> so to, to pull me out of that gravitational pull of my couch and the wonderful series that I'm watching, I need to have some sort of dissatisfaction in my life that brings me to, okay, let's get out of this funk and let's go and do and get things done. Let's record this episode because people need to hear these ideas, right? So I, I'm very passionate about serving you and service. Being of service is, is my go-to. Like I, I know, I, you know, it's kind of woo-woo to say that, but it's, it's true, you know, and I think it's also genetic. My grand, my grandfather, my great-grandfather was of a, a man of great service. My grandfather was a man of great service from my dad's side. They were both Rotarians and governors and founders of Rotary Clubs. And, and so I, I feel very much that I tap into that and I need to do it. I need to get these ideas out. It, it bothers me if an idea I have for a podcast takes, takes forever for me to put out there for you. It makes me angry with myself. <laughs> So there you go. So that aggressive response really does create something into being. It's a creative, productive energy that pulls you out of that gravitational pull of the pleasurable life, the state of change and transformation that you need to have to engage in career transition and career change and getting a new job. And that's why it's so hard for you for people to go through job search by themselves. Because the lack of accountability just pulls you back to the couch. And the pursuit for a better job and career needs to begin with the aggressive drive. And people don't realize that. And then I have a second secret for you that I want to share. Even if you feel that you are more inclined to be comfortable and in the pleasure drive, which is fine. It's a natural, you know, thing that happened to you <laughs> in your DNA. We are all naturally aggressive drive mode driven as well. We are all naturally generative. That's what they say in science. Because when we are young, we need to learn how to walk. We need to know how to tie our shoes. We need to learn the alphabet. We need to know how to talk. We need to, you know, there's lots of things that we need to know. And that aggressive drive mode of falling down and trying again to walk, of 
you know, writing something wrong and then correcting yourself and writing it better and becoming better at your calligraphy. I mean, that shows my age. I don't think people worry about calligraphy anymore. But, you know, just learning things. Like I was just discussing this with my husband a, a few days ago. Remember trying to learn the hours using an, like a clock? I don't know how parents do it now because everything now is digitalized. But I remember finding it so hard and being so angry that I didn't understand how the clock worked and I really wanted to understand and that is natural to us that's what makes us learn that aggressive mode to be better to learn and to grow what happens then and that's the secret <laughs> we learn the system beats that energy out of us the system beats that energy out of us we learn to comply we learn to behave, we learn social orders and cultural rules and values. We become less motivated but by what we want to do intrinsically and more motivated by what society and family and friends and government through government policies expect of us. They become our extrinsic motivation. We don't even notice this sort of switch because it happens so slowly throughout our childhood and, and teenage years and early adulthood. We don't notice them, but we are influenced by external factors and they become extrinsic motivations for us. So, for example, when I was little, I wanted to be an astronaut. I remember this so clearly. I lived in an Air Force base. My dad was an, acad an academic. He, he taught in the university there, the Air Force University. And we lived there. And our next door neighbor had these rockets in his dining rooms. And, you know, men had just gone to the moon and back. I was born in the 70s. So I was really fascinated by space. I still am. You know this if you've been reading my newsletter that my favorite TV series of all times is The Expanse. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's not just my favorite, everybody's favorite. Like, you know, really important people love The Expanse for a reason. It's so well made and so accurate, as accurate as it can be in terms of going out in space. Anywho, that was beaten out of me because I was first Brazilian, second, a woman, and third, you know, uh, all the things I can't even remember, but I remember people, my mom telling me, and I, never, I don't blame her. It was just, you know, it was just what people did, you know, like, ah, I don't think you can be an astronaut, you know, you're Brazilian and you're a woman and that doesn't happen here. Like, I don't remember being incentivized to pursue my intrinsic motivation. I remember being incentivized to pursue extrinsic motivation. And I fought really hard against it for a long time. And and I was, I would say I was a bit of a rebel, but I accidentally did not notice the extrinsic motivation driving my career in the beginning. So I ended up doing two degrees that I did not finish. I dropped out and found a passion for travel accidentally and coincidentally. So accidentally, because I traveled overseas with friends of mine that insisted I had to go with them. It wasn't even my sort of pursuit. They just, <laughs> it wasn't an extrinsic motivation for sure. But once I traveled, I was fascinated by the world. 
And then coincidentally met my husband who worked for airlines and I started my travel business and I loved it, you know, and for many years I loved it. And that became a passion that became a business that was completely intrinsic motivation motivated. Nobody believed it was going to work. The business is still running. I sold it to my employees, um, but I moved on to other passions, right? So it's really interesting if you can think about what has driven your life and your career. Has it come from inside you? Has it come from outside? If it has come from outside, has it worked for you? Because many times it works for a long time and then all of a sudden you have a crisis, a crisis of faith in yourself, a crisis of interest, all of a sudden you find yourself unmotivated. But some people can go on forever because they have, you know, maybe a career that was extrinsically motivated. So they were told to be an engineer or an accountant, but they had other loves in life. They, they love to go camping, they love to travel, or they love to, they have a hobby that, you know, is intrinsically special to them. And the job then becomes a way of bootstrap the rest of their lives. And, and it's fine. And people do sort of manage those relationships between intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. But I want you to sort of consider those things that are happening, if they are happening in your life, and try to identify them, write them down, and analyze them. So depending on your nature and your nurture, right, what you've learned, Naturally, you might find that you will be more inclined to be to tap into that aggressive force. Okay. Some people find it easy. I find it easy. So I have to admit, but that is good for you <laughs> because if you decide to work with me, I will make you accountable and I'll help you find your drive. Right. So it's good for coaches to have that. Other people find it less so but they can they can find a way around it and other people find it really hard and i have clients that have the drive they are the easiest clients to deal with i have to admit i'll be frank with you i have clients that once i give them the personal portfolio which is my journaling system and i give them the job hunting made simple framework which is all, all of my clients get you know sometimes people get confused thinking it's just my group coaching no 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 all of my clients get my framework it's my it's my framework to get you where you want to go right so i built that and i designed it once they get it they are like a dog with a bone they just go for it and they use the sessions really to bounce back ideas and just to redirect the sessions are that continuous improvement opportunity and it just perfect it's just great a great sweet spot other clients i have found use the sessions to reignite the habit and the discipline they may have fallen off the wagon a bit and they might need the session for me to reinstate and maybe identify the gaps or the reasons why they they've fallen off the wagon and then and then we go again and it's completely fine and then other clients find it really, really hard to tap into that aggressive mode. They are usually very uncertain about their motivations, their in intrinsic motivations. They find it hard to tap into that. And it could have happened over time that they just lost themselves. And usually when I work with clients like that, they're usually very burnt out and their brains are on survival mode so fight and flight mode and what I do is I ask them to take a break 
and I say, let's take a break. Sometimes the break idea comes from them, which is great. I have clients that said, okay, I'm going to pay you. I want to start, you know, six months from now or three months from now. It's paid for because I want to guarantee my spot, but I need a break. Like I can't even talk about it right now. Like I'm so exhausted. And that has happened quite a few times immediately after the lockdowns and the pandemic. But I still get clients where I say, look, it's not the right frame of mind to start job hunting when you are like this. So why don't you take a holiday? Can you afford? Is it possible? So we kind of slow down a little bit so that that the person recovers their their brain. (laughs) The brain is lost. Really, you may have experienced this. Please let me know that, that it's not just, you know, my sample of clients. I have a feeling usually when I go and I teach as well, I teach a career planning to master's students. We discuss this with, you know, a very big cohort, usually over 100 students. And I find that that happens to them as well. So I'd love to hear from you if you think I'm sort of speaking to you and if it's resonating. So for that reason, I think it would be great for you to do this exercise to understand what drives you. Think about what you visualize before you go to sleep. Making something, the process of going through the step-by-step of getting a project done, or do you visualize the actual achievement and you enjoying the achievements? I'll give you an example. When I am about to sleep and I am thinking about things, I'm usually thinking about the process. So I mentioned to you before that last year I went traveling and I remember going to bed, you know, in the months, not just the weeks or days, the months before the travel and thinking about the step by step of me getting ready to travel what I had to pack, what I had to buy, what I had to do, the sort of things that I would do when I was when I was there in terms of the process of, you know, setting myself up to work from overseas, which was a big thing for me. I worked throughout my two and a bit months away and I enjoy that visualization, right? Whereas other people tell me, and sometimes it happens to me as well, but other people visualize them enjoying the actual trip, you know, being on a beach and drinking a pina colada or, you know, walking in the streets of Paris or just enjoying the actual achievement of being there or doing something. And I find that boring. Every time that I try, (laughs) I find that so boring. I can do that for five minutes and it's done. I don't want to do that anymore. Even if I'm thinking about like amazing things like winning the lottery, I am thinking about what I would do. How would I split the money? Who would get money from me? How, what, you know, what sort of investments I would make? It's not me enjoying the life of a millionaire. Are you like me? I don't know. I, I, you know, I've had this discussion with people before and I am made to feel a bit of a, a weirdo. So let me know if there are other people like me there. And I, I've listened to a podcast episode where the father and son, I'll put the link below. One is a doctor. The other, I actually don't know what he does, but it's such a good show. I'll put the link below. And it's where I got the inspiration to do this episode for you. And the son is more of the achievement 
visualization and the father was more of like me, like the process visualization. I want you to think about what you visualize when you go to bed. If you haven't been visualizing anything recently, I understand. Think about it, you know, when you were a child, maybe younger, it's even better because then you really know that sort of that inner you that might have been masked by extrinsic motivations. And if it's the process of making things, then you can link that to that aggressive, generative, productive drive, that mode of pursuit that will help you not only in career advancement and job hunting, but other projects that are hard to engage with for some people, you might find it easier. If it's the actual thing, then you are more tapped into the pleasure mode of enjoying the things that you've achieved in life and being comfortable with them in that calmness and the enjoyment of that. Both things are true. Both things are good. And it's ideally you would have a balance of those two in your life. Okay. So when you do your visualization, think about how you feel. Do you feel capable? Do you feel competent? Do you feel content, right? I bet you do. Whatever it is that you're visualizing, when I am visualizing these projects of mine, you know, the travel or things that I want to do, I'm very competent. I'm identifying all of the steps and I'm doing all of the things. <laughs> and then life happens and, and it's not as easy. But the more you visualize, the better the actual practical life things will become. So the fact that I visualized my trip so much, probably more than I should, to be honest, made the trip really smooth because I had a lot of tools from those visualizations that enabled me to do what I wanted to do, which was to travel and work and know, you know, the challenges and sort of I had thought those things through. Okay. And if you are more in the pleasurable mode, you are going to enjoy the things that you're experiencing in that trip because you've enjoyed them before and then you will enjoy them again. I hope so. <laughs> Let me know what you think. Now, here are the three things that will help you overcome potential bottlenecks that make it hard for you to advance in your career. Okay. And to create more aggressive, more productive, more creative energy to pursue your career dreams, it's important for us to address these three things that I'm going to talk to you about now. Number one, it's what I just said before, is the importance of feeling capable and competent. Okay? This idea of feeling capable and competent is very hard when you have little to no experience in something like job hunting, like career advancement. You may have been very good at your job, but the competency and the capability to move up the ladder in an organization in the corporate world requires a different set of skills from actually doing the job. But feeling capable and competent is really important. Second is that feeling of being in control, having autonomy and being able to choose what you want to do in life and pursue as a purpose. So 
This is important because when you leave it all to fate, it's out of your control. When you leave it all to external forces, you have no autonomy. You are unable to choose your future and take control of your career. So coming back to, you know, my favorite topic of choice, career planning, career design, career sustainability, you know, that feeling of being in control is important. And third, having a connection with what you're doing. What I have found is that a lot of people have lost a connection of purpose, of value to what they do in life. I bet many of you can resonate with that. They come in, they do their work, they come out, they are not seeing the value or they don't feel passionate about it anymore. They don't see other people having purpose and value around you in a sense that what you are investing time in is something that is intrinsically motivating you. It might be extrinsically motivating you because you're earning money and getting a salary from what you're doing and keeping the lights on and the bills paid and all of that. It might be a job title that is extrinsically motivating because it looks good on paper and and people value it and, and externally it all seems fine, but inside you, it's eating you up, okay? So let's repeat. Here are the three things that will help you overcome the bottleneck that you may be experiencing in your career that makes you unable to take your career forward, okay? One, you need to feel capable and competent to take your career forward. Two, you need to have a feeling of being in control and having autonomy and being able to choose what you want in life to take your career forward. And three, you need to be connected with what you're doing. And this may sound like woo-woo, and I know there's a lot of controversy about, oh, you're not passionate about your work, or, oh, passion, that's BS. Guess what? You're competing with other people. And if they show up in an interview competing with you and show passion and purpose and meaning and you don't, people will notice and they will be chosen as the candidate and you're not. If it's only extrinsically motivating you to pursue this job that you are applying for, it's not intrinsically motivating you, your chances of success in a competition are smaller than you think because there are different things that make people make decisions in an interview format. Some of them, they can't even put their finger in, but a person that is really aligned with the role in value and purpose it inspires and it transpires in a job interview format. I feel like this is another secret. I should have called this a secret, but I didn't. (laughs) Okay, so let's call it a secret. (laughs) I've changed my mind. So secret number three, these three things I just spoke about are not just good to haves. They are important psychological needs that lead you to intrinsic motivation. Recruiters, bosses, your colleagues, your friends, people around you, they won't be able to exactly put their finger on what it is that's emanating from you. But, you know, if you're intrinsically motivated and feel competent and feel the control and you're connected to that role that you're applying for, let's say it's a job interview, you will be the preferred candidate for a job or a promotion. 
it's usually a person who has these three things nailed down that get the job. Okay. Now, my role as a career coach is to get my clients there. And I have my expertise, which is, you know, behind the walls of my client coaching program to develop these three things with my clients. Without these three, it's hard to pursue a project like a career advancement project or a new job or any other project. Okay. It's not just about career. I want you to sort of expand this learning in other aspects of your life. So by tapping into your aggressive drive, you become in charge and you start making your own path in life. If you delegate that to others, your employer, for example, you are taking what is given to you without much option and without autonomy. It may be comfortable in the short term, but risky in the long term because it takes away the competence you need to engage with the world when things go south, okay? So that was, you know, another secret (laughs) that I needed to share with you. That competence that people lack in job hunting is very similar for somebody that has stayed in an organization for a long, long time. I have clients that have been in, that had been in the same organization for two decades, Okay, And that lack of competence in job hunting is very similar from somebody that has not had a job for seven years, 10 years. Okay, I have clients that have engaged me after staying home to raise kids and they come back to the workforce. And I find that that lack of competence very similar. Because if you've been in an organization for that long, you haven't had to have that fight in you, that aggressive drive in you, okay? So confidence and competence you need to deal with change comes from you tapping into that lever of that aggressive drive where you are in charge and you make your own path in life. And people that have squiggly careers, (laughs) like myself, know very well how hard it is to start over again and again and again, but it makes you stronger, more resilient if you're able to spiral up by the challenges that you encounter and you see those challenges as steps instead of stones. So we can change our minds to become more aggressive, generative, and pursue our career projects. You know, this is kind of meta that you need to be generative with your own mind to be generative with your career. Does that make sense? Like, what if I am more of a, an easygoing person, you know, and I need that energy and it's so hard for me to tap? How do I do it? Right? It's okay. I have plenty of clients like that. And I think that that's very, very possible to do. But be good to yourself. Do it slowly gradually and over time. Don't try to change too much all at once. People often underestimate the transformative power of small steps and they overestimate how much they can change in a month or two. Okay, so take it slow, build it gradually over time. The second thing that you can do is you are productive in your mind. I bet you are. Everybody is. In your mind, you get shit done. <laughs> you do things, you, you know, when you're thinking about it. Now you need to apply that to real life. You may need a model, a framework. That's why sometimes working with a coach helps or doing a, a program helps because it can translate your projects into being with a bit of a sprinkle of 
pragmatism and reality into it because sometimes when we visualize and we dream about things we don't take that to market to experiment so having conversations with people to get advice mentoring and coaching is a great way to engage your dreams with the world and thirdly listen to your calling I don't say listen to your inner voice because we have so many voices inside us. Usually they're contradictory and not always helpful to us, but we often dampen our calling. We bottle it up and we need to find that calling and tap on it, build on it, strengthen it like a muscle. When you go to the gym, this is physiotherapy for your career pursuit. Find the pain and make it stronger again. Okay, like when you go to the physiotherapy or when you go to the gym. So what are your next steps? Let's talk about next steps that you can do to continue this pursuit for your aggressive drive and balancing it with your pleasure drive. I will continue to address these topics in my podcast and in many ways and in different ways I have already addressed them in episodes in the past. We have a huge archive now, over 200 episodes, so search our archives for great episodes and I'm going to suggest 174, job search not going well, question mark. Here is why and how to fix it. And you can look for others, you know, just go and have a look at the names. But I would recommend you listening to that episode. You can also sign up for my newsletter and I will continue to keep you accountable. Every Tuesday, you will get a newsletter from me and that reminder will prompt you to listen to another episode, read what I have to say. You know, maybe I'm, you know, running a, a special free masterclass like I am this time when I, when you're watching this episode in the week that you're watching the episode, I am running a free masterclass for job seekers. So I would 100% recommend you to attend the masterclass, engage, ask questions and consider looking at the other services and free resources that I have on my website. You know, engage with it. Use your aggressive drive that you have right now because you've listened to this very long episode and keep on going. Get into the flow of it and use that aggressive drive as often as you can. Okay. All right, that's it for today's episode. And it's been a pleasure. I'm so glad that it's out there. And I can't wait to see you again next time. Keep me posted on how things are going with you and sign up for the newsletter so that we can be in touch. Bye for now. And I will see you next time. Bye.